Hey y'all, it's me again. Um, so I was watching a movie called Sybil last week. Um, that my licensure supervisor actually recommended a few weeks ago, but um, I had to like, like apparently it's not streaming anywhere on the interwebs, so I had to like order the DVD. Um, I finally I had, I got it a while ago, but then like I had to actually make time to watch it. Um, which by the way, the the movie ended up being like literally three hours. <laughs> Like, I honestly think, like, three hours and 15 minutes. So, it was so long. But I was like, I also see why I've been putting this off. But it was also really good. Um, because, actually, that movie inspired today's episode. And so, um, basically, in the movie, it a lot of the movie, honestly, is about um, a therapist and her client and the client, or the therapist helping guide the client. Um, towards integrating her um, dissociate, dissociated states or uh, her quote-unquote multiple personalities. Um, and so I think at the end of the show, it said it took like, it was something crazy, like 10 years or something, which is absolutely ridiculous for like... Um, amount of time that a person would traditionally spend in therapy, but her case was pretty severe. And to be fair, it was like one of the first recorded cases or maybe the first popular case um, in psychiatry of documented, um, it used to be called multiple personality disorder. Now it's dissociative identity disorder. Um, But yeah, it was one of the early cases. So I think that that had a lot to do with it also. Like literally that therapist was kind of like winging it (laughs) or like literally figuring it out as she went along figuring it out as you went along. But one thing that really um, stuck out to me is that the therapist was not only very empathetic, um, but she was very, very good at like also also pushing Sybil past what she felt like her limitations were. So one of the, re- the biggest barriers to um, clients being able to process trauma on their own, but even process it in session with the therapist, is that a lot of times the memories are so painful and or like scary for them that they have developed um, what we call ego defense mechanisms or defense mechanisms or coping strategies, whatever you want to call it, to not have to face the trauma, which works to keep you from feeling too overwhelmed on a day-to-day basis but doesn't work long term and it makes it very hard to actually get over the trauma if you can't actually face it let alone like talk through it and process through it so the one thing I really appreciated is our therapist was very empathetic um and even I would say even very nurturing also but she also was very like she pushed Sybil to like you know process and face some of the memories that she couldn't otherwise face on her own and so in one of the scenes, and I would say it was at least an hour in, but I don't really remember what time mark it was. But um, there was a scene where the therapist was telling Sybil, because essentially um, Sybil had been abused by her mother for like her entire childhood. Um, and so it kind of manifested as an adult, as her having a very challenging time with relationships. In fact, not having any real close relationships. Um, and so she kept saying, like, you know, love hurts, love hurts, like, like, she just was not, she wasn't messing with it, she wasn't, (laughs) she wasn't, she wasn't messing with it, relationships were not her thing, she was not, she wasn't worried about it, but the therapist was just basically telling her, like, Sybil, I know 
that your past was painful, but you still haven't even really told me what happened. So like, let's get there so we can work through this and we can figure out what's holding you back. Um, but then she was also telling Sybil like, Hey, I see that for you love, you think that love is painful because, um, your brain has associated love with pain. And in particular, I think there was an incident where she said like her mom would like always say she loved her, but then like would turn around and like pinch her or um, do other things that were like physically abusive to her or even psychologically abusive. Um, And so, which if you watch the movie, you understand why her mom like was like that. Um, basically she had her, her own mental health issues also but like the therapist was basically explaining to Sybil like that was not normal like your mom was doing things to you that subsequently your brain started to like um, one take as reality which in her case it was her reality but just kind of like take as reality and assume um, you know what what is to be expected moving forward and a lot of people don't realize the problem with like early childhood trauma in particular but trauma in general especially if it's left unchecked or untreated is that your brain makes assumptions based off your actual lived experiences whether they are um whether the conclusion that it draws is um correct or not or to take it a step further, correct in all situations or not. Because our brains really do kind of act as a computer um, in a way. So, like, computers have algorithms that know, like, okay, one plus one equals two. So anytime you put one and one together, the computer will generate a two response. But the computer has to be programmed to generate that response, not like not the other way around and so our brains kind of work the same way like our environment and our lived experiences tell our brain what reality is and then our brain just kind of puts that script on autoplay and so therapists are telling simple like hey I know that your brain has you know coded or encoded um love to be synonymous with pain but that's not the reality um, and in fact, like love, um, like no, nobody can live without love. Like, I know that you have created this life where you have been able to, um, and you want to continue doing so, but like, look at your life. It's not working for you. And on top of that, like you deserve love, like you are lovable. Like, let's figure this thing out so that, you know, you don't have to keep feeling like this. Um, and so that part really stood out to me because it reminded me of, um, the whole notion that like relationships actually are very healing um and there's a lot of reasons for that which we'll go into but I wanted to address it because in this new wave of like pop psychology and like self-love and um healing and I don't know like starting to be more conscious about mental health and psychology and what it is and what it looks like There are some things that pop psychology has gotten right, but then there are also a whole lot of things that pop psychology has not gotten right, or not gotten right, hasn't gotten right, or that isn't correct, however you say it. Um, And so, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. So one of the biggest things, um, or biggest myths, is that if you never had, like, healthy relationships, then um, you need to, like, be by yourself, be alone, and, like, figure it out before you get into another relationship. 
And while I understand the thought process behind that, and while I understand um, how that could be beneficial in some ways, the reality is humans are neurologically hardwired for social connection, which I've said this before. And this means that our brains are literally, or not designed, our brains have evolved um, to need to exist in close proximity with other people. Um, At one point in time, humans would literally die if they didn't have a community. Now, the communities were very small. Um, I will say that the communities were way more smaller than way more small than what they are now in modern society, but there was a community of other people nonetheless that humans needed to survive for social reasons, for practical reasons, um, and for a whole lot of other reasons. So this notion is like, oh, you know, I don't trust people, like relationships are painful, so I'm just gonna go like be by myself and never talk to anybody ever again is very divergent from one what our brains and bodies are designed to need, uh, and then also what's practical and what actually makes logical sense. Um, so yeah, so part of that to take it a step further, or the reason for that, um, is that one humans are designed to need other humans to co-regulate their emotion emotions versus like to have to be able or to be expected to be able to regulate their moods on their own you see this a lot with children and I know that sounds like a weird example because it's like oh well kids are little so like they don't know about emotions they don't know about any of that so like of course adults have to help them and like yeah that's true like kids don't have the words to be able to really explain their emotions they tend to like um act them out which is literally where acting out like the term acting out comes from um because children don't have language yet at that age or at least not language sufficient enough to explain um what they're going through and so they just act they physically act out their emotions so um that's important because if you have healthy caregivers their goal or their um their job is to be able to recognize when that kid is dysregulated and like literally have a conversation with them about like, hey, I see that you're crying. Are you upset? What's going on? Um, and kind of prompt them to have the kid tell them or at least show them what they're feeling so that the parent can reflect back to them like, oh, I understand oh, here is how you handle this emotion or this is how you handle this disappointment or, you know, whatever the situation may be. The problem is not enough parents are present enough, um, honestly, don't even have that knowledge and don't have those skills to be able to do it because, unfortunately, it's not taught to everybody. Um, Like, yeah, it's just not a thing that's taught. So you either have to have a parent that's just, like, you know, very empathetic and very nurturing by nature um, or a parent that's like probably a therapist or a psychiatrist or something, or you know, or a social worker, something close to that, to where they know that information. Um, but yeah, so kids um, are notorious for um, illustrating this concept, but it even works as adult for adults also, because even though in the perfect world, if you got that training, you know, as a kid from your parent being attentive to your emotions and helping you understand them and you know, like kind of get regulated again. Um, even as adults, we can do it. If you, so, if you got that, 
that uh those skills and those in that support as a kid you will know how to do it as an adult so you can self-regulate to some degree but then there's always that um a gray area where one um there will always be a point in time where you need support like you can't self-regulate on your own and then two it's just it literally will just be easier to have a a person help you so this kind of leads into number two but um is I wanted to highlight the fact that um, oxytocin, which is a hormone that's responsible for bonding, is most well known for like, um, or not for, but most most well known um, as the hormone that's responsible for bonding like newborn babies to their mom. So when a woman gives birth, like literally when she gives birth to a child, um, her oxytocin levels like shoot up the highest they will probably ever be again in her life, unless she has another kid, of course. Um, um, and the goal is to, like, for the body to flood the body, for the brain to flood the body with um, that hormone so that they feel very warm and fuzzy and, like, connected to that child. Because going back to number one, that child's survival is literally, like, it relies on the mother's ability, the father also, but mostly the mother's ability to be able to connect to connect with that child. Um, so oxytocin also, like we we all have it, and it's um, outside of childbirth because obviously not everybody's giving birth to children. Um, outside of childbirth, our brains, our bodies also release it um, when we're in close proximity with people that we love. So this can even be like siblings, parents. Uh, romantic partners, like, all of that. Um, or even, like, close friends. I don't know if I said that. Like, when you're in close proximity to them, you usually get, like, doses of oxytocin. One, to improve the... Increase and improve the bonding process. Um, but then... Or improve the bonding process. But then also increase your attachment to them. I, my words tonight. Uh, increase your attachment to them. Um, which is... Also goes back to, to number one because we have our brains have evolved to live in close community. So the people that we spend the more time with, we tend to be the most bonded to, even on like a, a hormonal and chemical level. Um, which is also why when like you break up with people, if it's even like friends that you used to spend a lot of time with and you don't anymore, sometimes you'll notice that like so there's that missing of like, oh, I miss them like. I want to tell them this joke or, like, I want to hear their voice or I want to talk to them. Like, there, there's that type of missing. But depending on how close you are were, and particularly in, in romantic relationships, especially in romantic relationships where, like, the people were having sex, because sex is another uh, way that you get pretty high, um, like, secretions of oxytocin in your body. Because, again, the goal is to, like, bond you all. So, um Another way that that ha- that's that's another way that, that happens. So not only will you miss them, like oh I, I want to see them, or or oh I miss seeing them, or oh I miss their voice, or oh I want to send them this meme. But like if you're really close to that person, you will get like physical withdrawal symptoms. So you know how people will say like oh like when I broke up with somebody, I was just like sick, like I just I couldn't think, I couldn't eat, like and it's so so dramatic and I feel like I just wanted to like break out into like song, but uh, <laughs> I don't even know what song I was about to sing, but I feel like I felt compelled to break out into song um, but like yeah, so not only will you just like feel just terrible but like that will, it, like you will literally physically 
feel sick. And a lot of times, people, a lot of people don't know this. A lot of times, that's your brain and body literally with like in withdrawal from that like oxytocin and in some cases too like dopamine that you get from being with that person and so um this is another way that like relate like, healing like relationships really are healing and can be very healing now of course they need to be healthy but um yeah, they, they can be very healing and why they are healing by nature and why I don't believe that um, it's always necessary to like, you know, when people are like, oh, you know, I just can't figure out this life thing. I just can't figure out this love thing. Like, they'll just like, I don't know, just be like, I need to be alone. Or people, honestly, that happens less. What usually happens most is people <laughs> telling that person, I'm laughing, but it's not funny people telling that person like you just don't need to be in a relationship like you need to be alone forever like you know just rude stuff like that like tell people they don't need to be in relationships which I mean if you are hurting people I agree with that to some extent and more so like if you're intentionally hurting people or if you just refuse to take responsibility for your actions so even though you know in some regard like you may not know how to like effectively um be in a healthy relationship or like know how to love in a healthy way there are ways that we hurt people unintentionally and then there are ways that like we have full control over or we have way more control over than what we we like to admit and so you know in those situations yeah people need to stay out of relationships if they're if they don't want to do the work to be healthy and be able to show up fully in a relationship but in instances where it's just like I've never had good examples or I don't even know what healthy love is that's different because literally even though the relationship is a thing that may make that person the most anxious, make them feel the most insecure, make them feel like, you know, they just don't have the skills to be able to do it. It's healthy relationship that will help them learn how to be in a healthy relationship. If that makes sense. It's like kind of like riding a bike. Like you have to, you don't know how to ride a bike when you learn how to ride a bike. Like you learn how to ride the bike by riding the bike. Like, that's that's literally how you learn and so it's the same with relationships um and I feel like there was something else I was about to or meant to um talk about or address but I can't think of it so I, I don't think it is really that important um so yeah so I just wanted to share that because I thought like I said the movie was very very good so if you um <laughs> If you care enough to like buy the DVD and watch the movie, I suggest that you do because it's a really, really good movie. Um, but even if you don't like, I just want your takeaway to be that um, relationships are very, can be very healing. Because I know people that have trauma, their relationships have often been the exact opposite, um, which is why they often struggle in relationships, even as adults even as adults, and this could be in all relationships, like, we think that um, childhood trauma and, like, growing up in abusive households or having, like, you know, abusive relationship with parents or even siblings, siblings sometimes, we think that, like, dysfunction in those relationships are only limited to those relationships, but a lot of times dysfunction in those relationships impedes your ability to be in healthy relationships with anybody, so even co-workers, even romantic partners, even children, um, and that's why I think, well, not I think, that's why this work is so important to me. And that's why 
um, originally, I think I may have mentioned it before, originally the whole purpose behind this podcast was to not only highlight, like, trauma and get and encourage, like, people of color to um, not only be more interested in mental health services, but know how to navigate mental health services and also be more interested in bettering themselves so that they can have better relationships and essentially build stronger Black families. Um, Because that's the whole thing. When people are struggling individually, they tend to build families that struggle also. Um, And it's just, we just, we don't need, we don't need, we don't need that. So that was the whole reason behind this podcast to begin with. I kind of was like trying to find my way. So I kind of diverted from that a little bit. But this, like I said, watching Sybil um, and that comment that her therapist made really kind of brought me back full circle. Um, and just reminded me, like, yes, relationships are incredibly important, um, in the healing journey, like, your healing journey, whatever that looks like, because chances are any pain, any trauma that you have, and any pain associated with any trauma, and honestly, any pain that you have associated with, with life in general, because living alone is painful, honestly, um, like, just being alive can be very painful, depending on, like, you know, your circumstances. Um, but, like, because of those things, like, regardless of what the situation is, chances are that that thing is tied to a relationship in one shape, way, shape, or form. Whether it's, like, your relationship with your siblings, your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your current partner or former partner or, like, you know people of the opposite or same sex in general um so there's no way that we can escape attachment trauma and relationship trauma um there's no way that we can escape it so knowing that I'd like to be able to give you all the tools to at least have the awareness um of the information and then eventually I'll talk more about like what to do about it um but yeah I just want to remind you all that like if relationships are not like your strong point um, your strong point. Relationships are not like the area in your life that you thrive in, or you feel like you don't have enough healthy um or sustainable relationships. Um, this is just encouragement to of course do the personal work to get where you need to be in order to be able to show up in relationships as a healthy partner. Um and you know, be able to offer whatever you feel like you want to offer um and also receive because some people have issues receiving love um which is technically the same problem just manifested differently um but even people who have trouble receiving love like they also too need to realize like I know you know maybe life has shown you that relationships can be very painful and sometimes are and in some people's situations often are um, it doesn't mean that relationships aren't necessary, and it doesn't mean that the very thing that hurts you in this situation, often being a relationship of some sort, can't also be the very thing that, like, helps you heal. And so always listen to, you know, like, your intuition, always use discernment and figure out, you know, when that's the case, like, when it's, you know, time for you to, like, open up and, like, try, you know, working on being in a relationship or try working on being a better friend. Um, and when you do just need time alone, it needs to be to yourself and figure yourself out. 
Um, but don't let having a history of having failed relationships or just not, you know, having good relationships with people in general deter you from trying to get better at it. Um, because yeah, everybody, everybody deserves to have like healthy, loving relationships. Um, and so yeah, this is just a reminder. So that is all I have for today. Like I said, we'll probably be having similar conversations like this again. I do kind of just talk about, honestly, whatever uh, I feel inspired by by that week or, you know, the day or whenever I record. Um, so sometimes it is kind of random, but I promise you they all they all play together or piece together. Plus, literally by the title, you can determine <laughs> if it's a topic or a subject that you feel like is worth your time. Um, so I appreciate you all listening. Oh, I almost forgot. Also, <laughs> I don't even know how I forgot because I intentionally set time aside, pushed myself to get this done, and just freaking forgot that it that it happened. Oh my god! So I finally made it. Uh, <laughs> I finally made an email address to attach to the podcast so that y'all can reach out to me um, about specific episodes or just about stuff in general. Also, I linked the email to like a website it's like a one pager like real short and sweet like landing page that I created um one it gives you background on me so who I am my clinical experience my um education background training all of that but then it's also a button to um book a session with me so if you ever like I want to talk to you about xyz or I need advice on xyz situation um or not advice guidance therapists don't give advice we give guidance um yeah if you need guidance on the situation you can reach out to me um the way to book a session will be on there and then I think the only two buttons are booking a session and um I want to say emailing me I think the other one is email me so I will put the link um to that in the episode information for um this episode so if you're listening on like apple Podcasts or or i think honestly any platform you can always click the drop down box or click the information box um in order to you know see the full like details oh, i can't talk see the full episode notes <laughs> that i leave or that i put so i will do that um when i post this so yeah so that is all i have for you but also a little extra um, and I hope to hear from y'all. I, I want to get more feedback about who's listening because the um, the platform that I use, it, it does give me like demographic information. So I can, re- but I can really only see like gender, age, and like literally what city you all live in. But that doesn't tell me anything. Like, I mean, it tells me information, but it doesn't tell me like Bobby from Canada is listening. Like, it, it don't tell me that information. So I want to get to know y'all better. I want to be, you know, supportive and helpful in any way that I can. Um, for some of you, all, I do realize that I may be um, one of the only, one of the few um, Black therapists that you know or are in close proximity to. So I don't take that for granted. Um, and I do appreciate y'all listening. So, yeah, I want to be in, I want to be of support, of service in any way that I can. So um, my contact information will be in this in the episode notes, and I look forward to hearing from y'all. Um, so have a good night, and I will talk to you all soon.